It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny. Hello and welcome to the True Penny Show. My name's James True Penny and this is my show. And today, well, here's a thing. Last week we were talking about the end of an era um, and Keiji uh, Mutu's retirement. Start of a new era with uh, Mercedes Mornings taking the IWGP uh, Women's Championship. And this today's show is kind of a throwback to the 1990s when junior heavyweight wrestling was the hottest it's ever been. Um, and people like Drishin Liger and Shinji Otani and, um, uh, well, Tiger Mask for. Um, Hundreds of people, really. <laughs> I, I can't really name them all off the top of my head. Um, were the best junior heavyweights possibly of all time. And tournaments like the Super J Cup were founded in that particular time period. Uh, best top of Super Juniors became a must-see event, and then best of Super Juniors as it was. It was the time of the invention of first the um, War Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships, and then the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships, and then the GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. It was a time of innovation in uh, junior heavyweight wrestling, specifically in Japan, but also around the world. You also have people like Rey Mysterio Jr. and Psychosis coming along at the same time who were highlighted in those tournaments. And so this year, there has been an all-star junior festival that held at Kurokin Hall last week. And to join me to discuss this, as I always say, momentous occasion, but this one actually felt like a momentous occasion, a serious piece of history. It's John Dinsdale. How are you doing, sir? I'm pretty good. I bet everyone thought they'd finally gotten rid of me, but no. I was held back <laughs> by a trip to Newcastle and an, an international death match tour, but I'm back now, and you will all suffer. It's okay. Anna, who is also a, a death match fan, um, was uh, ably, ably covering for you, uh, as well as Chelsea as well, because Chelsea did New Japan and uh, Anna did Noah. So... Um, yes, and I love test matches as well. I'll have to do a show where I get both of you on. But it has to be fairly I'm violent. The best just beat BAW. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I need to career retrospective or something along those lines. But I'm, yeah, we'll figure it out. Anywho, uh, yeah, so this show was ostensibly a New Japan show, but not really. And it was kind of the brainchild of Hiromi Takahashi. Um, it was a Kurokan Hall, which is the ideal place. It had a, 1,381 tickets, which is basically a sellout for that show at that arena at the moment. And it had a wide-ranging number of people on this particular show. So what did you, when you first saw this coming up, what did you think, John? Well, I sort of saw that Hiromi was booking his own sort of super show, and I was like, huh, that's going to be um, interesting, to say the least. And then I started seeing the names involved with it, and I'm just like, bloody hell, he's he's gone everywhere here. And then, obviously, as I look down the match card, I'm like, of course Hiromu booked this. Because <laughs> some of these matches are just hilarious, and some of them are weird, and some of them are just like, yep, that that's where his real genius is. It is indeed, and it is just like... You can imagine the junior heavyweight locker room sitting around when Hiromu was outlining this idea, and people looking up and going, what's the mad bastard up to now? <laughs> but he was the right guy think, to do the job. <laughs> I still think nothing sums the show up quite per like quite as perfectly as when he brings bloody Kazuki Harata 
out and everyone around the commentary tables all the different commentary teams and that are just cringing and like why the fuck is he here and then there's just Hiromu dancing along <laughs> and it's like yeah this is perfect encapsulation of what Hiromu wanted for this show <laughs> it's it's serious junior hate heavyweight wrestling but not that serious so let's start at the beginning with the pre-show, which featured Kazumi Sumi, Soma Watanabe, the world's most handsome wrestler, tagging with Yo from Chaos, and they went up against Akira Jumanji, Finari, Fuminari Abe, and Ryo Hashino. 10 minutes and 35 seconds. Now you sent me a message of like, why have they got Fuminari Abe on the opening on the opener and like not further up the card? The reason why is this was the perfect match to bake you by a pay-per-view. I have never seen like a match on the free hour or the free match show or, you know, the, was it zero hour show that AW do that actually wanted me to buy the pay-per-view once I've watched it. This one would made me want to buy the pay-per-view once I've watched it. These six went hell for leather for 10 minutes and 35 seconds and they put bums in seats. In my estimation, this was absolutely fantastic. This is what you expect of a modern junior heavyweight show. And the guys at Cage Match haven't given it any score, despite the fact they've given something, some things that were abject shite, <laughs> bigger scores than this this year. And that's a travesty. I'm going to go and vlog on and give it a 10, because I loved this match. I didn't know everybody in the match, but I knew who they were when they'd finished, and that's the point. Samoa Nabe and Yo and Sumi uh, were, were the winners, but there were no losers here, as we say. This was absolutely fantastic. I've waxed lyrical now. John's going to poke holes in it. But yes, <laughs> what did you think of this one, John? Yeah, I really enjoyed the match. I just think having one of the best freelancers in Japan on your free uh, pre-show is just it's a bit of a dick move. But as you said, it did exactly what it needed to do. If this match didn't sell pay-per-views, I'll be bloody surprised. It's ridiculously high quality. And yeah, kind of dwarfed some of the matches that were actually on the paid-for card. <laughs> yeah <laughs> this was the thing i mean it's just like it's yeah just it was just go 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 i mean i really like abe i had not seen much of before i like jimonji and hishino as well and it was it was kind of like the the perfect baby faces versus it was the fun baby faces versus the serious baby faces which is always going to be a good match because you know it's going to be a technical wrestling match and there was loads of technical stuff. There was aerial stuff. Um, so Watanabe, as we've mentioned so many times in the last two years, is the Swiss Army knife of Gleet. He can do it all. He can shoot fire. He can wrestle. He can high fly. He's got the full package. You know, I don't know why he's an IWGP World Heavyweight Champion by the time, by now, really. But by the by, I'm sure he will be in the end. So yeah, this was just great, just to see everybody showcase what we were going, and it kind of set the tone for what we were going to see coming up as well. Is there anything yeah, else you couldn't? Then... I can sum it up better myself. Just yeah, if no, but if you don't know who Fuminari Abe is, watch this match, and then go watch him battle um, Takanashi for forty minutes in Gato Move. Indeed. There you go. You know, you just forget someone's name. You're like, I wanted to say Masahiro Takashi. I'm like, no, it's Takanashi. Jesus Christ, John. You spent like two years. <laughs> <in the top>. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next matchup was some serious talent. Uh, Hayata of Noah, Kazuki Hashimoto, and Yumato. 
think Yamato was a drag is a dragon gate, isn't he? I'm not even sure yeah, he's right. Drag gate. Yeah. yeah. Um Yamato uh, was like, oh, oh New Japan only calls when they want something. <laughs> um and yeah, Hayata who's currently kind of babyface in Noah at the minute, because he's him and Chris Ridgeway are feuding with the person in the Ogawa who's the leader of their faction over the fact he's hanging out with his mates from Dragon Gate. Anywho, so that kind of like why now Hayata is hanging out with his mates from Dragon Gate. It's a bit weird. But this was a kind of show where storylines kind of got hung up on the coat rack for a bit. Um Fujita, Hayato, Hiromu Takahashi, and Amakasa, um, how do I pronounce it? Because I always get it wrong. Amakusa. Amakusa. I don't know why. It's easy. Amakusa. But every week I get it wrong. Amakusa, Fujita, Hayato, and Hiromu Takahashi, notably the two biggest junior heavyweight champions in Japan in the opening match, which would go to show like how benevolent Hiromu Takahashi is at junior heavyweight wrestling. He's that good. He he just loves junior heavyweight wrestling, and he wants to showcase his favorite junior heavyweight wrestlers. And if that means he has to wrestle in the curtain jerker, he will do, and he'll bring his mates along, and they'll have fun. Um, we reviewed... Wrestlers always say the most important matches on a card are the first match in the main event, so he, it's still a sort of important match. It's just, yeah, it's it's nice to see the Booker man in the first match and not booking himself into the main event. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Amakusa is and Hiromu Takahashi had an emotional match over in Noah last week on Muta's retirement show, which me and Anna looked at last week. It was breathtakingly good. It was everything we expected it to be and more, and they left plenty on the table. The match ended with Takahashi offering Amakusa a slot in Los Angeles de Japon, which he's yet to take up. But they are friends, and they're hanging out a bit now. So we'll see what happens. Cross-promotional... Um, Factions. We haven't seen that since. Ooh, Kiyoji Muto's badass translate trading. Uh, but yeah, Fujiyama. All roads lead to Muto. Of course they do. He's, he's gone now, and a week later, and we're still talking about him. Um, but yeah, and this was great. This was absolutely brilliant. Um, Kevin Kelly and Chris Jarman commentary as well really shone in this match because obviously Chris. Um, you know, knows everything. And as Kevin Kelly said, I'm going to call moves and be quiet because I don't know any of these people, uh, which was just the right two people to do this show. They had help from our friend, Michelle, Queen of Tokyo, who helps us out from time to time when we don't know something, um, who's a very wonderful wrestling journalist and spends an awful lot of time doing commentary for all sorts of things in Japan. Um, so, yeah, this was great. This was just exactly where it would be. 7.57 from the cage match users. That's how good this was for an opening match. Um, what's your thoughts on this, John? Yeah, I bloody loved this. Considering I knew about four out of the six, five out of the six people in here, it's pretty, it was a really entertaining match. I'm like, I'm glad that the BJW guy got so much time to show. It's like Kazuki Hashimoto is pretty damn good. As is Fujita Hayato, who like seemed to be like the top like top star they were trying to get over in this one, especially considering he's one of the most charismatic people alongside Hiromu Takahashi. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, they just they just brought six big net like big players and was like, right, let's just let's just have a fight, let's just have fun, and you know tell a little story throughout because we're all from warring factions, we're all big personalities, and some idiot challenged the BJW guy to a headbutton contest. It's like <laughs> you're never gonna win. 
<laughs> like BJW strong guys live for headbutts. You have failed. <laughs> there was, I mean, Hayato, Hayato was working heel in this match, but like I said, he's kind of a baby face at the minute. <laughs> so it was nice to see him doing something different. I was impressed me with Yamamoto and Hashimoto as well, obviously. But yeah, this was just so much fun to watch. And everyone was clearly having a good time. That was the key thing. They were all having a blast. It's like the pre-show match got people invested, and then this one made sure people stayed invested. Exactly. And now we move on to something that uh, Hiromu Takahashi clearly was was gleefully chuckling about when he booked it. Isami Kodaka and Mao going up against Onryo and Sho. Onryo is the um, uh, angry spirit of a former professional wrestler. I'm not making this up. He was tagging with Sho, who's, you know, Sho and couldn't stop being Sho even for one night. The angry spirit of a former professional wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sho couldn't stop being the angry spirit of a former professional wrestler. Um, and, and, you know, Isami Kodaka, we talked a lot, a lot before, and Mao, I haven't seen anything of before, so I was really impressed with him. Um, this was Mal just before, fun. But we've covered... Oh, we have not Mao. We've seen Mao before. We've I've covered... definitely seen Mao before, yeah, but I haven't seen much of him. Oh, do you think, no, we never covered DDT? And I'm like, I'm sure we've covered DVD. We, we have done DDT, but I haven't seen an awful lot of him. But uh, yes, uh, Isami Kodaka, I've seen more of. Um, but yeah. No, I have seen some stuff from his stuff, but not, not like as much as I've seen of Isami Kodaka or show. <laughs> I haven't seen Onrio either. This was new for me. And I, I was I intrigued. The last time we talked about Onrio, he was getting killed by Onita. True. That was very, very In the true. next floating table. <laughs> um, but basically what happened in this was um, show got his team disqualified and they all turned on him and, and he ran away. That was it was a really good match up until like the last two minutes and then show happened. Uh what's your thoughts on this one, John? I, I love I love that they put Onrio and Shaw together because it, it's just perfect. As I said, two angry spirits of professional wrestlers, one who's still active and one who's just a dickhead. And then <laughs> have to have the match reach the point where it's like even the angry spirit is like, nah, you know what, I don't want anything to do with you and just turns on him. It's perfect. They brought Ram Kaicho out. You had the chairman of 666 there alongside the angry spirit of 666. And yeah, there's some really great wrestling in here. Some really fun moments. Kadaka reminding people he's more than a deathmatch guy. Mao being the mad bastard that he is. And yeah, there's just so much fun here. And the fact that it didn't really have a proper ending. It was just everyone hates Shaw that much that Shaw's just forced to run away and abandon the match is perfect. <laughs> Yeah, just, just and then again, just, that's that's what you get for putting your hands on Ram. There you go. That's He'll it. kill you, and everyone else will kill you. Exactly. We've seen what she does to people in TJPW, and she's nice there. Anywho, let's move on to the next match. This was the Shinjiri Otani match, which um, went out to Shinjiri Otani. We should mention, obviously, the show actually opened with a presentation of Tatsumi Fujinami and Jushin Thunder Liger, the two greatest junior heavyweights of all time in New Japan circles, the founder of the division and its most most excellent proponent of the division. Um, and Jushin Liger had a message from his old friend Shinjiro Otani, who thanked, uh, wished everybody luck on the show. And this match was a tribute to him. Obviously, for those of you who don't know, Otani um, is hospitalized currently after major injuries from a match um, a few months ago in Zero One. And a lot of the proceeds of the show went to for his medical bills. 
um, and um, but it's nice to see that he's in good spirits. Um, this particular match involved one team that had an awful lot to do with Shinji Otani down the years, and uh, that would have been Jun Kasai, Minoru Tanaka, Takamichi Noku, Tatsuyuki Takiyawa, and Yoshinobu Kanemura. They were winning. <laughs> There's no two ways about that. They went up against Chikatiro, Shoki, Kota Sekifudi, Leona, Leona Mushashi, and Shoki Kitamura. 10 minutes and 28 seconds of a bunch of veterans having a laugh and the youngsters helping them along the way. This was a lot of fun. It was not a serious wrestling match. There were some serious wrestling bits, but it was made up by the fact that young Kasai went in with a fork and the referee made him put it down. And Minoru Tanaki oh, talked about using... Minoru Tanaki talked him out of using the fork. And Kasai said, all right then. And then uh, Tanaka, you tried, tagged in and tried using the fork. <laughs> this is just how you have so much fun with a wrestling match. Like, you just bring in five Arnie veterans versus, like, five really, like, talented upstarts. Like, Kotaseki Fuda is currently BJW's light heavyweight champion. Masashi is one of the top champions of Michipro. Uh, Leona is one of the top guys in tradition. It's like, and then you've just, as I said, you've got Jun Kasai there just trying to stab them all. Minoru Tanaka, who you'd expect to be trying to shoot fight them all, trying to stab them all. And just, yeah. <laughs> like, this is how you have fun with, like, veterans and youngsters without burying either side. It's just there for, for entertainment purposes and for Jun Kasai to still get a deathmatch spot in by skewering Seki <laughs> but yeah now this was just so much fun to watch it was just ace and you know um it, of course obviously kanamaru and takawa michinoku and tanaka and kasai all had something to do with shinjiro tani had a feud with him tagged with him but Ta- takawa was a long-term tag partner of his obviously kanamaru had a lot of ongoing matches in the old all japan versus zero one days so yeah it was just fun just absolute fun a blast um speaking of which as <laughs> well, a sort of note because i learned this the other day when i was writing up one of my uh, patreon pieces for anyone who's wondering why the hell is like their death match spots in the shinjiri otani match because believe it or not otani has done a fair few bloody death matches mainly against mitsuhiro matanaka <laughs> oh yeah He's, he's he's an angry he was an angry young man when he was a junior heavyweight and when he put on weight he just got angrier salty is the word <laughs> it's like i i am desperately trying to track down some of these death matches because like holy shit i need to see otani in a death match it, it, i mean people you say you know people see high spots these days and say that's irresponsible and dangerous and they've clearly never seen shinjiro otani doing a springboard drop kick because he used to take people's heads off it was brutal when he was about 25. He would go from one side of the ring to the other and hit him square in the shoulder blades. And it was like, ah. <laughs> yeah. gonna hurt you in the morning. Oh, God, I, yes. Let's just indeed move on. I'm going to do this in reverse order. Baton Blabla, the great Sasuke, and Tiger's Mask lost to Yumahito Imanari, Rosuki Taguchi, and Hikaru Sato, who all came to the ring in matching virgin killer sweaters. For those of you who don't know what a virgin killer sweater is, it is a attire worn by uh, young ladies in Japan who are very, very brave, as it is impossible to wear without showing your underwear should you choose to wear them. Um, and it is basically um, it's basically a, jump, a, a turtleneck jumper that's backless and sideless. 
In fact, there's not an awful lot there, which is, you know, a thing. Um, I believe it's Sato's normal attire for wrestling, isn't it? Uh, no, it's usually a maid outfit. Oh, there you go. Or um, shoot, shoot attire. This yes. was a first for me to have seen him in, but like... um. But yeah, I mean, to, to go with Inamari and Taguchi went with Yukido Koi. Taguchi's going to go with it. Um, and uh, yeah, um, and despite the disadvantage of nearly exposing, well, no, just exposing themselves on a regular basis through this match, they managed to take the victory over Baton Blah Blah, the great Sasuke and Tiger's Mask. Seven minutes and 29 seconds, 4.48 from the cage match users, which is fair enough because this was rubbish, but it was fun rubbish. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is here to have a laugh with. Exactly. I think I think they were missing the point somewhat by giving it 4.48. It's supposed to be rubbish. It's supposed to be not like serious wrestling. The dumb thing is, despite all this, you still just got Hikaru Seto throwing out shoot maneuvers. Oh yeah. And winning the submit. It's like Seto Seto still came to fight because it doesn't matter what attire he's in, he's still like a fully trained MMA fighting shoot badass, and he I can't can... escape that. Even when you pair him with Taguchi and Imanari, who oh, are like I... top comedy guys and top pheromone sex pest, it's like yeah. Uh... I, I'm I'm wondering if like Hiromu was going to Taguchi, so I want you to tag with these guys, and then whether it was Hiromu and I want you to wear Virgin Killer sweaters, or Taguchi saying, "Why have you wore Virgin Killer sweaters?" <laughs> it was hilarious because like this is the most like uncomfortable I've seen Taguchi in some of his attire because he's just continuously rearranging he's like fuck it I've got a wedgie dad <laughs> and then then you I think my favorite moment from this match is when Imanari comes out and Kevin Kelly goes did you just say porn star and it's like I'm just imagining someone trying to explain to Kevin Kelly what pheromones are <laughs> Now I want I want Mark and Stu from Noah to explain what pheromones are to Kevin Kelly. Because that would be the most awkward conversation you'd ever imagine. Like, and Stu, but Stu, but, but Stu doing it in his full-on announcer voice. Look over here, Kevin. I'm here to pronounce to you Dan Choco, Dandy Dino. Humanari, fantastic. Imanari. Um Akito has a nickname that I can't remember. And then, of course, the main event man himself, Yuki <laughs> Sexy Eno. And they will strip down, <laughs> potentially violate you and take the win. Beware of a fire extinguisher. <laughs> I can't do the accent, but that, that's no. kind of the right cadence. It's the right cadence, yes. And... Mark, who just covered it out with. That's the first time we've used a fire extinguisher in ooh, the last six months there, Stu. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I just that'd be ace. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it can be arranged with money. We'll oh, I, I can't wait for the collective because it's going to be Bussy, which is Effie and Ali Catch versus Pheromones of the GCW versus CDC. Of course CDC. it is. <laughs> and it, it, it's going to be either the best match of all time or the dumbest match of all time and probably a mixture of both and it's oh. going to piss off so many people I just oh, love it. it pisses off people and I went oh somebody posted like oh vintage pro wrestling as they do they posted a gif a highlight gif of Akira Hokuto 
and all the comments, well, half the comments were, that looks really dangerous. It's like, yeah, it's wrestling. <laughs> you clearly have never seen Gaia or AJWs through the, through, from the 90s through the 2000s. No, that's it. It's like, oh, she's going to break her neck. No, she isn't, because she's perfect. Anywho, let's just move on before I get angry. Um, next up was one of my favorites on this particular card. Duki and his old mate from Mexico, Hanoki, Hanaoki, I should say, uh, tagged up. They were the only true tag team in this match. They went up against El Lindemann and Yuki Uno and El Desperado and Volador Jr. Despi and Volador Jr. have created somewhat of a brotherhood and are tagging together. And since Despi is free of Suzuki Gun and is allowed to smile, if you want to smile now, <laughs> and he's really a baby face now. Um, they were kind of like your lead babyface team. Ueno and Lindemann had an awful lot of chemistry going on because they're Ueno and Lindemann. And Duki and Hanoka were great together. And it was nice to see them. It was nice to see somebody like pulling out from Duki's past. And I'm wondering, again, I'm wondering, it's like if Roma was like, can you get Hanoka? Or Duki was like, can I tag with Hanoka? Because <laughs> it's obviously like, you know, something he's clearly wanted to do for quite some time. But, you know, on a night like this, when stories don't really matter, it's just everybody having a blast. They're kind of letting each other have a go at one another. Of course, Desperado versus Dookie and Desperado, sorry, Desperado versus Lindemann and Del Dookie versus Old Lindemann throws back to last year's uh, G-Rex Championship matches. There was lots of things from there to get involved with. This was great. Just so much fun to watch. And I'm not a person that likes three-way dances. You will, everybody knows that. But this was Lucha Rule, so it made it a lot easier to follow um, but yeah, this was great. There's, and so far, there's nothing on this I didn't dislike, which is rare for me. There's usually something, oh, yeah, I don't have to watch this. But not now, not this one. This was fantastic. What did you think of this one, John? I love her. Yeah, there's quite the sort of fun, like, switch up. It's like, right, you've had this goofy comedy match full of, like, many, many close-ups on Taguchi's thighs for some weird reason. <laughs> And now here's a, like a three-team like lucha extravaganza with like someone from Dorky's past who somehow manages to be more of an arsehole than like prime time Dorky to the point that everyone's just like, nah, you know what? I'm just gonna twat you. <laughs> well, we like, just... that we could work together. Nah, I'm just gonna twat you instead. Oh, I was doing the maths on this earlier, and I'm like. All the junior heavyweights in New Japan are now baby faces, except Ishimori and Show. <laughs> like that's got to change at some point. I mean, like Dookie's, like the Just Four Guys faction are a baby face faction, and the strong strong style factions are baby face factions. So Despi's a baby face, and Dookie's a baby face, and Kanemaru's kind of a baby face, and Bushi isn't really a heel; he's just a bit of a dick. Uh, but none of them are proper heels except for Sho and Ishimori. And it's like, well, that's no bad thing because it means you get just straight up wrestling matches. And, you know, and it's um, a lot of it. Considering just... how New Japan does heels now, I'm kind of glad about it because it just means we'd have more fucking wrenches and yeah. people pretending to be like, oh, I'm not going to fight. Oh, I'm I'm not going to play fair. Oh, I'm, I'm just going to stall and delay and waste all that wrestling talent that they spent three years building up in a sort of pseudo babyface underdog run only to have me turn and join a faction that does not utilize wrestling in the slightest <laughs> yeah remember when Shaw was going to be the next big thing 
Yeah, and clearly we were wrong. It was you. <laughs> but yeah, let, let, let's just focus on the positives. Like, this was great. Yes, this is it. We all got a chance to show off. Lindemann got a chance to show off. I always forget how good Volador Jr. is because he's with a promotion that nobody ever watches outside of, like, the diehards. And getting... yeah, it was great to see Hannah Oka because I've only ever seen him in two or three matches before and he's fucking hilarious as um, well as talented. Volador Jr. currently in a feud with your um, CML, oh, sorry, NWA historic welterweight champion Rocky Romero. They're apparently going to have a hair versus hair match at Arena Mexico next month. So that's why Volador Jr.'s been growing his hair out. Because he's going <laughs> to lose it all. <laughs> I don't think Rocky's losing that, to be honest with you, but there we go. We'll see. Um, it's just sometimes you've, you've just got tells as to what's coming up because it's like, wait, that wrestler's growing his hair out? Huh. It is. It is and it is a beautiful flowing mop, I one does have to say. He is he has kind of sorted that out. It was just like you but also you can just see how much Despy likes his company and just hanging out with him because they were they were smiling <laughs> all the time. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird seeing Despy smile and it not be sadistic. No, yeah, just, just, uh, I, you know, since him, since he started tagging with um, uh, Ren Narita, another who's even more miserable than he is, um, he's kind of brought some joy out in him. I think it's just like, you know, I kind of like him. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. Let's just move on. Alejandro, Billy Ken Kid, Guruku Mask, and Mystico defeated Atlantis Jr., Black Monsoro, Bushi, and Dragon Kid, 11 minutes and 29 seconds. This was an all-masked affair that started off as a traditional tag team match. But as Kevin Kelly said, well, they tried that and they gave up and made it a lucha match anyway because half of them are Mexican, so may as well. Um, this showcased some incredible talent from promotions all over North America and Japan. And it was an absolute blast. It had legends like Dragon Kid and Mystico. It had up-and-comers that are really kind of stamping their authority like Alejandro and Atlantis Jr. Just great. Just absolutely great. Uh, and Bushi being a dick, which is what he does. And um, But he was a heroic dick in this particular match, even though he didn't particularly get on well with tagging with his partners. He, he, he coexisted enough for them to have a reasonable outing, shall we say, but they didn't win. Menzo Ray looks like he has like the most like unwieldy mask on the planet. Like, I can't imagine going for, like, low-hanging hurricane runners and shit like that with that attached to the top of my head. <laughs> so it's like, it's a mask, and then it, it, it's got some... I think it's supposed to be a dish, like, attached to the top of it. Yeah. And sort of there, like, that's going to scrape across the floor the second you try to do anything. Like, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable, like, doing most of, like, the stereotypical Lucha Libre stuff with that attached to the top of me bonds. No, it's... I mean again, great wrestling all around, great personalities, great fun, really fast paced. I just for a lot of the match, I was just looking at the mask and I'm thinking that that's a choice, and I'm still not sure you've made the right choice. It's, it's, isn't it represents the noodles of his hometown that he no longer eats because he turned his back on a car, though. I mean, possibly. That's that's what Kevin I... Kelly said, and obviously everything he says is gospel. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's from, hang on a minute, that's Roshi Tanahashi, that's not the person I was looking for, got the wrong thing there, let's have a look, yeah, he's from Hokkaido, and his angle, his angle, his, his gimmick before was he was the champion of Hokkaido, 
and the bowl would represent the noodles that you would always eat from Hokkaido, the specific type of ramen that they have in Hokkaido. For those of you who know anything about Japanese culture, ramen is different in different cities. Like in Tokyo, they're big on pork, but they had different flavors in different cities. Um, and that's the reason why. And then he turned his back on Hokkaido and, and, and now only eats Tokyo noodles, presumably with lots of pork bones in them. Um, but put on stock, not pork bones, that would be bad. Um, hence the but reason. I do miss Japanese ramen now. Yeah, hence, totally. Hence the reason why Bushu was fighting his face at the end of it, because he's, he delivered Hokkaido justice. Um, that, was, that was the phrase of the evening. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, yes, but it was a lot of fun this much. Um, then. Well, Max, it was entirely about from Kazuki Hirata came out, which was a surprise because no one, it was not on the running order. Um, and, you know, he's Kazuki Hirata, which is, doesn't necessarily brighten your day um, because his dancing is terrible. And that's kind of the point. And then the music of Shima hit and everyone went crazy because it's Shima. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Magnum Tokyo happened to be on commentary, which was handy. So they had a nice little reunion. And then they had a fun wrestling match, which did no harm to anyone. Seven minutes and 16 seconds. Obviously, Shima was winning this, uh, but they did have a dance-off in the middle of it all, um, which, um, you know, went along nicely. Uh, what's your thoughts on this one, John? I love Harata. He's terrible. He's capable of being good. I've seen him have good matches and pull out massive performances when it matters, but for the most part, he's there to dance rock his glasses and get his ass kicked and again that's kind of just what happened here and it's 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 just funny because again i just love seeing everyone else hate their life and there's just Horomu dancing along to the entrance (laughs) (laughs) it's just like this is the entire reason you are here because Horomu finds you entertaining and wants everyone else to suffer but then you will too suffer because you're going to get your ass handed to you by shima this is the thing you look at lij and it's like, there's, there's Shingo from Dragon Gate, and there's Sonata from All Japan, and Bushi's from All Japan, and Hiromo clearly loves all wrestling from any promotion, anywhere. And then you've got Nato, who only considers New Japan Pro Wrestling actual wrestling. <laughs> it's like, it's like the, the most fundamentalist New Japan guy is the leader of a faction of a bunch of people that are surely, clearly the most Catholic of all professional wrestlers. Always makes me smile. But speaking of, it's like, wasn't Keno on commentary for this show? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, there was all sorts of people on commentary for the show. Obviously, Magnum uh, Tokyo, as we talked about. Um, Milano Collection AT was on the commentary. Jushin Liger was on commentary. Fujinami was on commentary. Keno, indeed, was on commentary as well. I, I remember seeing, like, I think it was Hiro- after Hiromi's match, he's leaving the, the ring and he just stares at Keno, who's doing his <laughs> best to just sort of keep composed. Uh, oh, LIJ still don't like Tony Congo. <laughs> and they never will. Keno has a YouTube channel, by the way. I've got to see that. It's it's so odd seeing like this this different side of him that seems to at least not hate everything. <laughs> I don't think he hates everything. I just think he thinks he takes people other people take him serious take things seriously enough. But there you go. Uh, let us move on to the semi-main event. Interestingly as well, all of the announcers and referees came from different promotions too. Um, so each each of the promotions, all 22 promotions, most of their ring announcers were there 
um, to give this delivery. And there were some interesting comments as well, like uh, Kevin Cully also pointed out, some of the guys on some of the smaller indie, company, indie companies don't have the matches like they used to because during COVID, obviously, they couldn't run shows at all. It wasn't like New Japan or Old Japan or, or even Noah that could kind of like run adaptive shows. If you're only attracting 100 people and you split that into a quarter, you're not pointing point in the show. So, you know, it, it's been a thing all they could do is train and hope, really. So it was nice to see, especially some of the younger guys who were just kind of not breaking in, because to get on a show like this, you've got to be really good. But, you know, how are being, you know, moving their way up the cars now, it's taken them a lot longer to get there. And that was, that was an interesting point from Kevin, and you're absolutely right to say so. Um, Junior heavyweight wrestling looks incredibly healthy, judging by this particular card. And was kind of um, exemplified with this match. The semi-main event was a five-way match. Again, not usually my favorite format, but this was a lot of fun to watch. Taiji Shimori, Ninji Mac, Ninji Mac? <laughs> Ninja Mac, Shun Skywalker from Dragon Gate, a Soberano Jr. Uh, from CML. Yes, because they'll be from, um, I'm sure he's from CML. Yes, he is from CML. Uh, and Yohei. Uh, went nine minutes and 38 seconds. The Noah guys tried to kind of muscle their way through this as a semi-teaming, but it didn't really work out for them. Uh, Sobinarano Jr. was kind of on his own, so he kind of like did a lot of flying. Shun Skywalker and Daiji Shimori, who do bad guys in this particular match, kind of come together, but it all worked out well for Daiji Shimori, as it usually does, as he gets the pinfall over Shun Skywalker. Uh, this was an intriguing match that got a lot of layers to it and a lot of storytelling, which is kind of cool for this particular environment. It was a bit different, um, but it was a good story well told. What's your thoughts on this one, John? Yeah, I love seeing all the different sort of styles, like, clash in one big match. As you said, Yohei and Mac were like, hey, we're nowhere, let's, let's take them all out, and it failed. Ishimori and Shun Skywalker, hey, hey, we're the dickheads of this match, why don't we try and work together, and that failed. So Barano Jr.'s like, hey, I'm here. And he just gets kicked down for a lot of it before, you know, doing what he does best. And yeah, there's just... It's like an Ogre's favourite match because it's got so many layers. And it's just really damn fun. And I'm glad if Shimari's still getting wins. Especially <laughs> when it's at the expense of the other dickhead who's basically done all the work. <laughs> like, right, I've got your here primed in position. I'm going to take the win. If Shimari's like, oh, hi there. No, you don't. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, no, it was great. It was just so much we lost. And then we get to the main event of the evening. This was originally scheduled for the All Japan Junior Heavyweight World Heavyweight Championship. Sorry, World Junior Heavyweight Championship. Suki Aoyagi held the belt up until last week. He unfortunately dropped it, so he could not defend the championship. This was just a wrestling match. Were we up against Master Wato? Which will tell you how much Roma Takahashi New Japan Pro Wrestling believe in Master Wato to give him the main event in a match on a card of this caliber when you've got, you know, Yo kicking around and um, Ishimori and uh, a bunch of other people who are world class wrestlers. They put a lot of faith in him. And to be fair to Master Wato and to Yoyagi, they delivered. This was brilliant, really well worked. They have a bit of history together. They worked off that history and told the story. The two oldest promotions in Japan, Japan, their two up-and-coming rising junior heavyweight stars put on a blinder, and it was really well worth watching. And, you know, we have seen Master Wato develop from being borderline danger to himself to being a capable main event wrestler in the space of 18 months. 
which is not bad. And I know you're going to give him some stick because you always do, but at least he's got his hair I, under control. I, <laughs> I have nothing bad to say here. Like, well done, Wato. You you finally managed to shut me up. Like, is, I will finally let let your fans have their due. They were right. You you you've earned your hype. Is Wato Mania running wild in Northumberland? <laughs> no, I I still don't think I'll have taken seriously. But like, he's really damn good, and he's really smooth now. And when you put him against someone the caliber of Ayagi who is arguably one of the best junior heavyweights in the industry right now. Like, yeah, he shone like a bloody spotlight. And I almost wish he had had the powdery blue hair back and we could have had both, like, flavours of Dangerous American Candy because then we'd have had Ayagi as the pink strawberry and Wato as the blue raspberry. <laughs> Which almost sounds like AAA luchadors at this point. It does. That'd be exactly the kind of thing AAA would promote. And I'd thoroughly enjoy it, to be honest with you. Um, Ayagi, just just great. Can't say enough about the young man. Really, really good. And, you know, they told the story here. There was there was previous. And uh, I have to say, bless him, sold like a trooper through the entire closing ceremony. Because Hiromo encouraged all of the wrestlers out the back and the retired wrestlers at ringside to get in the ring so they could have a big group photo. And Ayagi was selling like a gun on the on the mind. Kevin Kelly's can someone not help him up? <laughs> um, in front of Master Wato, who apparently got a lifetime, uh, won a lifetime's um, cleaning supplies from LEC, who were the sponsors of the event, which is nice. You know? You know, maybe Sometimes you just want a good dose of utility. Exactly. You know, it's more realistic than back in the day when you used to get a free car for a battle royal, which they never saw because they didn't get the free car for the battle royal. Yeah, it's nice. It was good. And well, like I said, there was a nice heartwarming closing moment as Romo held the held the ropes open for everybody, like a good promoter should, uh, and encouraged everyone to celebrate junior heavyweight wrestling. Uh, Master Wato cut a promo where he wasn't awful. Strung sentences yeah, together. Yeah, you see, he's getting it. He's <laughs> definitely come a long way, and I I can admit when I'm wrong. There you go. He, you are... he has impressed me at this point. You are being the bigger man. Uh, what? I'll just have to find a new person to take the piss out of. To be fair, there's not many people in New Japan now. You can do because they're all pretty solid. Have to look at other promotions. Most <laughs> sure for his bad life choices. Oh, I uh, Chase Owens is back next week. There you go. Anywho, uh, um, that pretty much wraps us up for a day where we can celebrate junior heavyweight wrestling. It's in a good place, and I honestly don't think we've been able to say that for quite some time. Not because of necessarily the talent of junior heavyweight wrestlers, but because of the way wrestling's been under, you know, the dark cloud of COVID because you can't do things you wanted to do and you needed certain people to do certain things. And there's been some great junior heavyweight matches, but it's been against the run of form, if you see what I mean. And now you've got every opportunity for everything to be fantastic. And things like Super Jacob can be multi-promotion events and this can be multi-promotion events. Everyone's working together. 
again for the good of wrestling, which is when junior heavyweight wrestling is at its best, because they're not hung up on the politics of heavyweight wrestling. They're they're um, you know having fun and having great matches, and this is the kind of thing that annoys North American wrestling jurists because it is entirely a card for the sake of watching wrestling matches because they're wrestling matches, which I will always. I think the best thing for me was, again, something Kevin Kelly said. And it was like, the future of wrestling is open weight. And look at all these people that are meeting the, like, 100-pound threshold or whatever it was <laughs> and just doing incredible things. These guys could fight anyone. Exactly. Like, let's let's take it open weight. And I, I couldn't agree more. Junior heavyweight are brilliant. Like, they're brilliant against other junior heavyweights. But, again, Hiromi has shown in the past juniors can take on heavyweights hell osprey showed back in the day the juniors can take on heavyweights before becoming a heavyweight himself it's like there are time like there are countless times where junior heavyweights will get overlooked because their size when in reality they can probably kick the ass of half the heavyweight roster if you gave them the shot and like there were so many examples today of just the different types of junior heavyweight you get You've got your slim and athletic guys. You've got your bigger powerhouse guys. You've got your technical marvels. It's like junior heavyweights are as varied as they get. They're not all just flip guys or speed guys. There's like so much depth to everything here. And hopefully the cross promotion keeps happening because I want to see more 666 because it's the best wrestling I can't fucking watch because they never fucking stream anything. (laughs) Indeed. Well, that will have to call that today for the Troopany Show at, uh, of course, All-Star Junior Festival. Rocky Romero did say All-Star Junior Festival will be coming to North America in 2023. So there will be a second edition, which has some incredible names on it, if he's got access to AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor, and uh, New Japan Strong. That'll be quite the card. We'll see what happens. Oh, and CMLR. Um, So yeah, that'll be intriguing. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening today. John, where can we find you on the internet, sir? You can find me at Twitter handle John Deathman. That is the gateway to hell that will lead you to writings, ramblings, screenshots, pictures of wrestlers in virgin killer sweaters being heralded as peak masculinity just to piss some people off. If you head to Instagram, you can find me at John underscore Deathman, which is kind of like the Twitter, but more visually focused. And if you're feeling particularly generous, you can go to Patreon at Deathmatch Digest, which is my paid-for platform, which will give you access to twice-weekly Deathmatch writings, spotlighting particularly good matches, infamous matches, ridiculous moments, and like shining a light on some of the best in the industry. We have recently done a show that I covered on the Troopenny show years ago at this point, The Great Pogo versus Mitsuhiro Matsunaga, Glass and fire coughing cremation death match. And Toshiyuki Sakuda returning to America to battle Tommy Vendetta. You will also find plenty of freebies there, show reviews, all things you can just read without having to pay a penny. So yeah, Patreon at Deathmatch Digest. I have waffled enough now. <laughs> there you go. Um Yes, uh, you can find me at Sherifinestar on Twitter. You can find me also TX on, Twitter, on Instagram, though that's not necessarily wrestling related. It's more 
fixing broken guitars and banjos related this week. Um, and you can find me on ooh, um, Mastodon. I'm on there as well. We have a Discord now. It's called Troopy Show Podcast. You want to come and join us there. We have ooh, the Troopy Show Twitter account. We have our Facebook as well. We also have a Troopy Show Instagram. If you want to go follow us there. And you can also find us uh, on um, Oh, uh, Facebook too. And on Patreon, we keep the Tripoli show free forever for everyone. Take care. We're off to go record a show called Today at the New Japan Cup. So we'll see you next week. We don't know what we're covering yet. It might be New Japan Cup related, but there's a lot of matches this week. I'll probably cover by myself. You can keep up the New Japan Cup this week. It kind of started, there's been a lot of stuff happening in Japan. And it kind of started with a bit of a lack of fanfare this week because they've just come off the CMLL um, Fantastic Mania tour and it's kind of getting lost in the shuffle and there's the anniversary show tomorrow so yeah but we'll see you on that show this week take care and we'll speak to you soon bye